You're listening to Pastor Mike Greiner of Harvest Community Church in Catanning, Pennsylvania. We pray that you will be challenged today as you listen to this final sermon in the First Timothy series entitled Say Grace, recorded on Sunday, June 24th, 2018. For more information, check us out on the web at harvestpa.org. Let's join Pastor Mike as he preaches. Well, hello everybody! Strangest, strangest thing just happened. I, I just dreamed there were like hundreds of kids in here screaming, but there's nothing going on now, apparently. If you're a first-time guest, welcome. My name is Mike, and uh, you're actually in our Friday night worship, and we included all the kids this time. I want to thank you guys who don't go to Harvest for bringing your kids, and I also want to thank everyone here who owns property in Armstrong County, because that high school is sure nice, and you've been paying for it, and I just... <laughs> No one ever thanks the taxpayer. I want to thank the taxpayers. And I'm as serious as a heart attack. I mean, year in, year out, even if your kids aren't in the school, you got to pay for it. It's a great investment, though. Beautiful school. Beautiful school. So glad you're here. We're, we're going to go through the Bible lesson. We have a Bible lesson for grown-ups as well as kids. and all. We have four campuses. We have three that watch on video and then this one that I'm talking to now, so if you're hearing me, you could be not in this room, or you're in this room, and they all did their VBSs, but this year we want to do something different, we did the Summerfest, we had all this sports stuff, and that high school up there in Armstrong is awesome, I'm sure it's awesome in Indiana and Corn City, it's just not as cool as the one here, that's what we say here, right? I'm going to read the Bible to you from 1 Timothy, and then talk about what I read, and then we'll move on. As for the rich... In this present age, charge them not to be proud or to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous, to be ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. O Timothy, guard the deposit entrusted to you. Avoid the irreverent babble, that must have been Facebook, and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. For by professing it, some have swerved from the faith. I just want to make four quick observations about this text. One, God warns the rich to avoid the trap of focusing on the gift instead of the giver. It's always a mistake to focus on the gift instead of the giver. Imagine a man spends, uh, well, he works and works and works and works and saves and saves and saves and saves, and he buys the offering for the woman. It's a ring, and it's a rock, and it shines, and it sparkles in the sun, and it costs him thousands of dollars and at least one of his arms, right? But he loves the girl so much, he, he's going to buy it, and he, and he gives her the ring, and she's so happy, and she says, oh, thank you, and she says, um, and then he says, will you marry me? She says, no, this is a great ring, though. <laughs> I'll see you. I'm marrying Pete. You know, that it's, it's very rude to, to receive a gift and not realize that the giver is the more important than the gift. Hopefully, she'll want him. If I were to buy a gift for someone, and they said, man, I love this gift, but I hate you, I would feel horrible. When I give a gift, you know what I want? I want people to look very, very happy. And to like me more. You people who get gifts and say, oh, you shouldn't have. Can I tell you? Now, you may be sitting near a person like that. And I know you love them. I love them too, right? Because you feel like you can get away with getting them nothing. Uh, (laughs) Save some money, (laughs) 
but you can't. Um, but they say, I shouldn't have. This is, this is I'm going to help you to tell them what they need to hear. Don't say, I shouldn't have. Here's what we want to see from you. No matter what it is, we want you to go, oh man, I love it. You are awesome. This is the best gift I've ever gotten. That's all we want. That's all we're looking for. Can I get an amen on that? It makes us happy. Because it's a relational thing to give something to someone. What this text is saying is God gives good things to everyone on the earth. He gives good things to everyone on, on the earth to show his, how much he cares and how good he is. And it, instead of accepting it as a gift from someone who wants a relationship, most people take him completely for granted and take it. Now, you might have noticed this is as for the rich, and a lot of us might say, well, it's, he's not talking to me. But really, that's not true. You see, in, we in America have people who are richer than others, and we always think the guy who has more than us is rich. The guy who has less than us, whoa, almost went down, thinks we're rich. Right? If you got the only double wide in the trailer park, you're rich. <laughs> All them other guys know it. America is, is thankfully to God. We have a great nation produced on great ideas, and, and we're rich. We are the top percentages of the world in every category for our average person. Our poor people have cars and refrigerators and beds, things that poor... If you are in Mexico City or in, in New Delhi, India, they can show you what poor is. So really, this is good for all Americans because we have abundance here. We all have what we need um, and more. So there's wisdom that God is giving us if we'll hear it. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty or proud, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches. Being wealthy can make you proud. Being wealthier than the next guy can make you proud. You don't think about it, but it's the way you are. How many of you have ever gotten a new car? It might not even be yours. You might have borrowed it from someone else and say it's a really nice new car or a really nice new truck. Maybe it's yours and you bought it. Maybe it's not yours. And you're driving it and you feel like, I feel like a new man. If you're a lady, you probably feel like a new woman. But you're driving this thing and then someone pulls up to you, next to you, and it's this piece of junk. And it happens to be the kind of cruddy car you used to drive. You're like, loser. (laughs) You forgot that you used to drive that too. Wealth makes people feel proud. Look, when people are in trouble, they look for God. They call it foxhole conversions, right? But when, when the bullets are flying, people are looking for God. When you're hugging the porcelain altar and weeping in worship, some of you know what I'm talking about. You've said prayers there too, just like me. You're making, you're making promises to God. I swear, God, I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to do this. Just let me live. But when times are good, people get proud. They forget about God. It's party time, baby. Jesus told this story. He said, the land of a rich man produced plentifully. And that's what we all want, plenty. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. He had so much wealth, he didn't know where to put it. And he said, I'll do this. I'll tear down my barns. I'll build larger ones. There I will store my grain. 
and my goods, all his tractors and whatnot, and I'll say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. He's ready to retire. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. It's party time. But God said to him, fool. You never want God to say that to you. This night, your soul is required of you. The things you have prepared, God says this. Who, who gets them? Who's going to get that stuff? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. It's easy to forget God. What God is saying here is, don't rely on the stuff I gave you. Rely on me. That's what he's saying to me and you. I got two dogs. Dogs are awesome. Dogs are awesome because if they're good dogs, they like you and they trust you, right? Somebody once said, how, how do you want, to, you want to know who loves you more, your, your spouse or your dog? You, just lock them both in the trunk for a couple of hours and come back. Which one's happy to see you? <laughs> Some of you are thinking of doing it. <laughs> My dogs love me and they trust me. I feed them every day, and they're never concerned. They never ask me, hey, Mike, you been to Sam's Club lately? <laughs> How's the bag of feed doing? And are you getting them milk bones for me? You know, when you come from restaurants, I know you're going to a restaurant tonight. Don't forget my bones, you know. Don't forget my... They never say that. They just are happy. They trust me. The bowl gets empty. They don't go, oh, panic. wonder if that guy's going to provide. I want to be to God like my dogs are to me. You know, I, he's just going to take care of me because he's good. I, I don't want to forget God in the good times. Well, second thing here is related to that. Second observation, God gives us all good things so we can enjoy him. Some people have a picture of God like all he's doing is watching from heaven for you to make a mistake so he can go boom. And, and knock you on or maybe even compare you to someone else. I told you your sister was always a better person than you. Shape up as if God is some kind of angry man in the sky waiting to scream at you. You know, God gets a bad rap. He's thought of a cosmic buzzkill. You know when you find religion? When the fun's all over. Well, I'm done having fun. Maybe I'll try God. He's boring. He's rarely thanked. Yeah, after a long winter, you ever drive around on the first beautiful day? It could be 60 degrees. Now, if it's 60 degrees outside today, we're all cold. In fact, it was about 60 degrees today, I think. But that's because it's, it's summer. But, you know, in April or May, you get a 60-degree blue sky day. We're all in shorts and tank tops, and we're out there. People are putting their tops down. People are getting their, their motorcycles out, and, and people are gardening. Everywhere you go, you see happy people. I don't think everywhere you go, you see people who remembered that God got them through winter and gave them this beautiful day. He's easy to forget. He's, but he's always blamed, always blamed when something goes bad. He always gets the blame. Where was your God in the hurricane? You know, where was your God during 9-11? Where was your God? They'll go in history at the Holocaust. <laughs> you know, nowadays the thing to say is someone, something bad happened. Someone will get on some social media and say thoughts and prayers. And then someone else goes, I don't need your thoughts and prayers. I need something that really helps. You see, God gets cursed when something goes wrong. How come when things go well, 
You know, you, you don't read that in the paper. <laughs> you know, it was another great day. Thanks, God. Unemployment numbers went down. Where was your God when the unemployment numbers went down? Yay, God. He gets no thanks. He gets all the blame. And that's backwards. The world is really filled with people needing to be taught thankfulness. It's an impolite society. Now, I'm not talking necessarily about you or your house, because a lot of you teach your kids thankfulness. We've been with your kids, and for the most part, nobody, none of the volunteers quit. <laughs> you know, they're good kids. But you've got to teach them please and thank you. They, you know what they learn without please and thank you? They learn, I want. I want this. I want that. Little generals, little tyrants. As soon as they can talk, they get up and start ordering us around. And at first, you're just so happy they can talk. I know what, I finally know what the kid wants. You want water, here's water. But if you don't stop the kid in another six months or so, this is the pattern. I want that, I want that, I want that. Just shut up, Napoleon. Would you, <laughs> would, <laughs> you got, somebody's got to teach that kid. Stop telling me what you want and say, may I have some water, please. May I have some Kool-Aid, please. Because they, they realize water ain't all that. Can I, can I have a soda pop, please, Right? I would teach my kids this young because they would, I want me. And I'm like, I'm not letting some little kid give me orders. Daddy, I want a Coke. Well, you know, you can say smart aleck things. Well, I want a new car, but that doesn't help. I say, well, say, may I have a Coke, please, Dad? May I have a Coke, please, Dad? And then I'd say, no, but you sure did a nice job asking. I'm not kidding. I really would. Because it's more. <laughs> we need thankful people because we need people who thank their God for this good life. Notice again the motive of God. Let me read that one more time, just that one sentence. He says, as for the rich in this present age, God doesn't hate them. He doesn't hate them. He's not like Bernie Sanders voters. He does. <laughs> Sorry. You may be a Bernie Sanders voter. I'm sure you don't hate the rich. You just want their stuff. Char- <laughs> it's a little political joke. We can, right? We're not too sensitive in Armstrong County, are we? And in Indiana County, right? You guys aren't those politically correct people are you you're not snowflakes as for the rich in this present age charge them not to be proud nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches but on god who richly provides us with everything it says to enjoy you ever put put a nice t-bone porterhouse ribeye on the grill here at sizzle salt garlic Who's wishing they had that instead of a hamburger right now? (laughs) Get some fresh corn on the cob, sweet corn, butter running down, nice cold beverage. God wants you to enjoy those. That's why he gave them to you. Not to feel guilty, right? Somebody say, you better eat that. Kids in China are starving. You know, they give an impression that that eating good food is punishment. And you're like, send it to the kids in China. I don't like your lima beans anyway, Mom. And <laughs> I, don't see, I don't think they are either, but okay. And how does me getting fatter help a Chinese kid? These are what kids think. Truth is, though, eat that steak because God gave it to you to enjoy. No one ever had to say that to me. A little ice cream. How many good things you had in your life? If you had to think about them from the, your earliest memory till today, little things, big things, medium-sized things, you've had a million good things. God gave you every one. Even when you were doing wrong, 
right? You get bank robbers. They rob banks. Do you think hot, salty French fries taste good to a bank robber? Sure they do. Even when you do things wrong, God gives you good things. Why does he do it? He wants you to enjoy them. Remember, his gifts are not about the gift. They're about the relationship with the giver. He's getting our attention. He don't want to say, nice ring, don't want you. Listen to this story of what happened when Jesus healed some people. So on the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers. Freaky, right? There's a freaky moment. Ten lepers. I'm running. I'm running. Jesus is so good. He's such a good man. He's going to stay. I get... You imagine ten... First ten of anything coming at you can be scary because you want them to be your friends, right? So... So ten lepers, I mean, skin falling off, nose falling off, arms rotting, back rotting, and they're coming right at you. Ten of them. It's a leper gang. Already I'm freaking out. And they stopped, thank God. They stood at a distance because nobody wants to go near these guys. And they lifted up their voice saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Because Jesus loves us all the same. He said, go and show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. They were healed. Imagine that. You've got all this rotten, nasty, and smelly gangrene coming up to your nose from your own skin. And all of a sudden, you look down, and it's perfect. It's oil of Olay perfect. Your skin is looking good. You're looking good. They were probably buff. They were probably buff. They went from skinny to buff. Probably because when Jesus heals you... He probably heals you real good. They went from little skinny dudes to like, you know, they're like, this is awesome. And then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now, he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, were there not ten cleansed? Jesus is like, I am God. I can do math. (laughs) There were 10 healed. There's one coming back to say thank you to the giver. The other, where are the other nine, he asked. They're out enjoying their new gift, aren't they? One came back. Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. You see, In our lives, all of us, myself very much included, can go through life forgetting the good giver and just enjoying the gifts of this life, forgetting God. But then if if we will stop and realize there's a God, that's what VBS is all about. You know, a lot of kids will hear about Jesus and VBS, vacation Bible school or uh, summer fest or whatever festivities put on. The whole goal is to love the kids, let them know God is good, let them know who Jesus is. A lot of them are going to grow up and get, just start getting high, cutting class. A lot of them are going to, or they'll want to be successful. They'll forget God. A lot of them will. But I've, I'm old enough to know that many of them will then, somewhere along the line, remember. They'll remember what they were taught years ago, one summer. Maybe when they have kids, and they'll come back to him. That's why we do it. What about you? 
Are you praising God for the good things in your life, giving Him thanks? Is that your life? Or maybe you're bitter and you're cursing Him for the losses in your life and your hurts. Or maybe you're like most people, you just ignore Him altogether. You just stress out all the time because you, you think, I need more gifts. I owe on the gifts He gave me. Put your hope in God because He is good. That's what Jesus is saying to us. Third observation out of four. God wants us to enjoy the things of this life, yes, while living for the next. He wants us to enjoy what we get here, but He wants our brains to be in eternal life. Because why? Because we all die. There's, we, people are worried. The reason people, how do you do, look at them commercials on TV? You want to have some fun? Turn on the identification. Now, what is it, ID, I, investigation discovery, right, which is watched mostly by women. It's true. It's demographically true. I don't know why. My wife, whenever she does the laundry, she puts on investigation discovery. Where, where, there was one show called Wives with Knives. I'm like, I don't like this show. She'll watch these shows, and she sits and goes, those cops never catch these people. And now we're, we're getting, like, alarms on our door and locks everywhere. I'm like, we got dogs. I'll see them coming. No, we're locking the doors. I can't get into my own house. But if you, if you ever watch Investigation Discovery, just about every commercial, every other commercial, one's a soap commercial, one's a buy this food for your family and they'll be happy commercial. That's how you know they're aiming at the ladies because they're the ones who take care of us, um, even in a modern age. But then they'll have all these, these talk to your doctor about this medicine commercials. Right? Who's with me? How many, come on, confess it, ladies, or it could be some of you men too. How many identification discovery once in a while have we got out here? Come on, confess. See, I see that. I see those hands. I see that hand. Don't be ashamed. It's interesting. Killing folks and whatever. (laughs) But all those commercials, those are frightening. Those are scary. And and they never match the pictures. The pictures, it's a sunny day. There's dogs. There's there's daisies. There's flowers. There's, you know, there's there's happy music. There's there's people. There's families together. Everybody's smiling. Ocean, iced tea. All the pictures you want of a good life, right? But then they're saying... (laughs) The side effects of this is your feet can fall off. You know, it's like <laughs> children born with the head of a golden retriever could be a side effect. You're like, oh my gosh. That stuff sells. You know why it sells? Everybody knows they're going to die. Everybody knows they're going to die. For those of you who are afraid of getting sick and dying, I have, I, I have good news for you today. I'm going to put your fear at ease. I want to assure you, you're going to die. You are going to get sick, and you are going to die. There, you don't have to worry about it anymore. (laughs) The death rate is standing at 100%. And um, this is why God wants us to enjoy the things of the next. You see, just like we don't want this good life to end, He doesn't want it to end for us. He says, look for the next. The problem with living for the things of this world and not for the next is when you die, you lose both. If you're not thankful to God, you're not making peace with God, you're not friends with God, but you're taking all of the stuff you can get from Him 
and you die, you lose both. You lose heaven, you lose earth. C.S. Lewis said, aim at heaven and get earth thrown in. Aim at earth, you get neither. My own life testifies the same. Two years out of, when I was 17, I got tired of my family. (laughs) You know how it is when you're 17. What does family know when you're 17? Any 17-year-olds in here thinking your parents don't know anything? I just want to let you know they don't know a thing. You're right. That's not really true, but why argue with them? You're not going to win the fight. That's what, the, that's what I thought. So I took off. I went from house to house, party to party, drug to drug, job to job. I was using everything God would put on this planet for me. I just didn't need him. I just wanted his stuff. I had it all. To me, I mean, I'd have been a lousy guy for your daughter to date, all right? Okay, that's just a fact. If I could say one thing to all my old girlfriends, it would be the same thing. I thought it through. Sorry. And I'm not kidding. <laughs> I have nothing else to say. So, sorry. I was a... But I had life. I was young. And then I heard him call me. I don't know how and I don't know why. I didn't go to church. But I heard him call me and then I went looking for him. And I thought, he's awesome. And I left my life for him. I said, I'll give anything to have him. And you know what? Now that I'm 54, I've lost nothing. In 34 years, I'll testify, I lost nothing. I had it all when I was... Because you say, how do you have it all? If you're 20, I had about 80 less pounds. No kidding. No. Somebody do the math. Two, 248 and 170. Is that, how many pounds did I put on? I'm not good with math in front of people. How many? Okay, I had, that's one thing I didn't have was 78 pounds. <laughs> it's like I could have like three babies. <laughs> that's bad. But I have my health. I have lost nothing. Instead of being afraid of death like I was, I think when this good life ends, a better life begins. Let's look back at our text. He says, tell the rich there to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous, to be ready to share. Look what it says here. Thus storing up treasures for themselves. Where? Not on earth as a good foundation for the future. Live a life that puts treasure in heaven so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. God keeps records. I was looking at kids coming in at the Summerfest. They're getting all these awards and I thought, that's heaven. That's going to be heaven. Heaven is an assembly where all God's children come up and he says, well done, well done, well done. And everybody gets their moment and nobody looks at the bulletin saying, when do they get to my kid's name? Everybody enjoys every moment of it. God keeps records. He knows what we have on earth. What do you have in heaven? He says, be rich in heaven. If you're rich on earth but poor in heaven, you lose all your stuff and your soul. That's what he said in that story about the guy with the barn. So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. If you're a good American and you get the things you need and you enjoy your summertime on the boat and you die with the most toys, you lose. 
Because if you're not rich towards God, you lose all your stuff and you get nothing. If you're rich in money, this is to each one of us, including me, be rich in good works then. He says be generous. Is your retirement account doing good? Good. How's your heavenly 401k? This leads to our last point. The fourth one. Grace is more than just a name for a girl. It's a U2 song. Grace, it's a name for a girl. Paul ends his with grace be with you. Now, grace, I think, is a beautiful name. When I was a kid, only old ladies had it. But it's made a comeback. And I think it should make a comeback. It's a great name. It's a blessing. But grace has a great meaning. It is not simply a name for a girl. And it's not just what you say before you eat. Let's say grace. You don't say grace anyway. Somebody says, let's say grace. You sit down. Okay, just somebody say grace. Grace. They don't say that. They say all kinds of other stuff. If you ever ask to pray for food in front of people, as a pastor who's been preaching for 20 years, you're worried about praying in front of people, can I give you some coaching right now? Make it fast. I'm hungry. (laughs) This ain't the time to pray for your Aunt Mildred's bunions. (laughs) Right? We're smelling fried chicken, baby. Jesus, thank you for chicken. That's it. Amen. But grace is more than that. Grace is the doorway to the riches of heaven. Grace is a word that means gift. What is the gift that the giver gives? Well, there's a theological answer. Want to hear that one? For there is no distinction. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God are justified by His grace as a gift through redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. That's a beautiful sentence. It'll leave your brain as soon as it comes in unless we sit down and break it down, which I'm happy to do. I love this verse. I'm not going to do it tonight. But what it says is, all have sinned. Anyone here not sinned? Don't lie, because that's a sin. <laughs> okay? And fall short of the glory of God, that's me. You can be justified, that's made holy. How? By His grace, as a gift. It's not by what I do, it's by what He does. Through redemption, that means Christ buys us back through the propitiation of His blood. That means God was angry at my sin and the blood took away His anger and I received that by faith. That's the theological explanation. But can I give us, can we end instead with an illustration of that truth? Jesus died between criminals. Do you think that was an accident? Did you know that 1,000 years before Jesus died, it was predicted in the book of Psalms that he would die on a cross and that people would cast lots for his clothing? Did you know that centuries before he died, it was predicted that he would have a grave with wicked men? Well, they would die with wicked men and have a grave with the rich. He died between two criminals, bad criminals. You know, the Romans might crucify just about anyone who wasn't just a Roman citizen, but sometimes they crucified people who probably needed some good crucifying. There's people who need some good killing. And I don't mean that from a vengeful place. I mean it from a legal place. There's 
people who will kill other people and do horrible, horrible crimes to human beings. And if society does not punish them, they will continue to kill us. We don't know what these guys did, but we know they were bad. Let me read to you. It said, one of the criminals who hang next to him railed at Jesus, saying, are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. See, everyone knew Jesus. Israel was not a big place. Everybody knew the miracle man. He'd been walking around for three years healing everybody's granny. He was teaching in the streets. Pharisees were talking about him. Everyone was talking about him. Just that week, it was thought his followers were going to take over Jerusalem and make him the king. Everyone was waiting for it. Everyone knew the man hanging on the cross was, was being called the king of the Jews, the son of God, the holy man, the miracle worker. And here's a guy dying. He knows it. And he goes, aren't you the Christ? Big shot. I got holes in my hands. I got holes in my feet. How come you're not helping me? People saying, God, everyone says God is good. Well, my husband died. My child died. I got cancer. If God is so good, where was he on 9-11? It's the same voice. Is that your voice? Are you living in bitterness like that guy? Because life ain't, life just ain't dealt me right. I wasn't born no silver spoon in my mouth. Which, by the way, would probably choke a kid to death. I don't think anyone was, but if that's what you say. This dude's so nasty, he's cursing God on the way to hell. That's one nasty dude. But the other rebuked him. Now listen to what the other fellow says. Now, don't think this other fellow's the good guy. In the story, it looks like the first fellow's the bad guy. This fellow's the good guy. He kind of does a good thing. But he ain't hanging there for being a good guy. That's not why he's there. Right? <laughs> He's got tattoos of MS-13 on his face. He's probably raped somebody, killed somebody. He's a nasty, nasty man too. And listen to what he says. He says, shut up. He didn't say it just like that. He said it like this. Do you not fear God? You're under the same sentence of condemnation. You're, he's literally preaching to the man. He's saying, dude, you're about to die. And whatever God there is, you're about to meet him. And this guy's dying too. You're picking on him. He's in the same boat. And he says, he, you're under the same sentence. And then he says, and we, listen, indeed justly. For we're receiving the due rewards for our deeds. That's how you know this was a nasty man. <laughs> I've visited a lot of people in prisons. It's a very rare thing to find one who says, yeah, I should be here. Because most of us, if we get punished, we might think, yeah, I need to be punished. But you know what? There were circumstances. And she said this, and they did that. And it shouldn't be this bad. I told you I'd say sorry if I ever saw my old girlfriends. It took me decades to come to that. <laughs> it could take a while before you realize you're a jerk. This is a bad dude, and he knows he's a bad dude. He's looking, <laughs> he's looking at his buddy and saying, you scumbag. Don't you know we're both scumbags? We should be dead. The only thing we ever heard about this guy is he does good. Look how he's being treated. He says, this man's done nothing wrong. And then he turned to Jesus and he said, Jesus, 
Remember me when you come into your kingdom. At this point, let me ask you, why should Jesus? This guy's a hellion. His grandmother told him to go to Saturday school, probably, because they went to Saturday Jews. His grandmama probably took him to HBS, Hebrew Bible School. (laughs) (laughs) And he probably laughed and, I ain't doing none of that crap. That's for stupid, boring people. And he stole and he robbed. Why should God give him a break? He could have just been up at the bar every doggone night. He never did no good. Walked out on his wife, his kids. And he had kids he ain't even claiming. He's never been nice a day in his life. He's always drunk. Why should God listen to him? What's the Bible say? Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, you'll be with me in paradise. You know what that's called? Grace. That's the doorway to heaven for me. It's the doorway to heaven for you. You got to be willing to admit, like he, look, when we, the whole, all of mankind is in those two men. Only Jesus is the only perfect man. He's the son of God. All of mankind, in the end, when we're all dead, pushing up daisies, when you're dead, you're either going to be the guy who cursed God, whether you said those things or not, that was where your heart is, or you're going to be the guy who said, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. That's what we present the kids with. That's what we present you with. You might think, oh, it's easy for you to say you're a preacher, and preachers get right into heaven. You think that's true? Don't you read the news? Preachers are some nasty people. (laughs) Now, I ain't fooled around on my wife, and I ain't embezzling from nobody. So, but if you think I'm dependent on the fact that I preach, read the Bible, you got another thing coming. You can't polish a, if you don't know the rest of that, that's what that word wasn't for you. You can't church this up. Sinner don't become a saint because you give him a Bible. He just becomes a sinner with a Bible. When I die, I'm going to be forgiven of all my sins. Because my hope is not in what I do. Tell the rich, don't put your hope in riches. Put your hope in God. When I shed the mortal coil, buy the farm, croak, or as they like to say, when he passed. Sounds like gas. I mean, people say, he passed. When I die, please nobody say I passed. I won't judge you if you say your loved one passed because that's how people say it. Just don't say it to me. I'd rather you say, this dude croaked. When I shed the mortal coil and my soul is hurled across the abyss, my only hope is that Jesus Christ died for sinners and I'm one. What about you? Where's your treasure? Heaven or earth? I'm urging you. You may say, well, it's too late for me, Pastor. You just saw that dude on the cross. It's never too late to switch roads and jump on with God.
until you die. Put your faith in Christ. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Harvest Community Church. We invite you to join us at any one of our four campuses located in Catanning, Petrolia Valley, Indiana, and Freeport. For more information, check us out on the web at harvestpa.org.